Welcome to Marvelous Disney, the podcast that discusses the most recent doings at one of the more dynamic divisions of the Walt Disney Company, which is, of course, Marvel Entertainment. This is entertainment writer Jim Hill, and my co-host, the amazing Aaron Adams, and I are recording this week's episode on Tuesday, November 9th, 2021. You keep tabs on, on what James Gunn is up to on social media, right? Tabs? I got a tracker on the dude. I know where he's at at all times. <laughs> Well, okay, then you must have seen the news actually coming off of the Guardians of the Galaxy set yesterday where there was a Polaroid that James had taken of himself with the cast as he proudly announced that production was finally underway. Well, well not on the ride footage for Epcot's Cosmic Rewind or that holiday special for Disney+, Plus, but rather Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, the third and final film of this MCU trilogy. Did you catch the statement that he released with a photo? or I did. I also saw, uh, just a quick deviation real quick, he also was going mm -hmm. to cast Kumail uh, Nanjiani as a cameo in Guardians 3, and then he got word, oh, they want Kumail to do uh, the Eternals movie, and he went, well, I am not going to make him pass on a huge opportunity for a stupid, silly little cameo. So uh, we almost would have had Kumail oh. joining that photo, except he got a much more lucrative, much more fancy offer to be in, in Marvel's Eternals. So, yeah, James Gunn said, nah, kid, you go do the real thing, oh. and I'll see you on the flip side. But, yes, I did back to that. the photograph. Yeah, he just released that today. Like I said, I got oh. the tracker. It was while he was making a potty break in between shooting. <laughs> he was tweeting while on the can, and I was like, I got to bring this up during the mud show. Well, now, if we can step around that visual, here's what James posted out with that Polaroid. It, it's been a strange and long and at times challenging journey to get here, but the obstacles along the way have only made this moment more blissful. Back on the set with my Guardians family for the first day of shooting Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. By the way, we were just talking about that Epcot Thrill ride, and there is some news about Cosmic Rewind which Aaron and I will get to in a moment, but first, the news portion of today's show is brought to you by Storybook Destinations, trusted travel partner of the Jim Hill Media Podcast Network. For a worry-free travel experience, please book online at storybookdestinations.com. Now, before we leave uh, James Gunn, because he's, he's a notorious tweeter, did you also happen to see the news that James Gunn had hired another actor named Chakwudi Iwuji? as one of the most coveted Marvel roles in history. James had said that he had hired this guy to play a character in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. It's mm -hmm. a role that all the big actors want to have, but he he ended up giving it to uh, Chakwudi Iwuji instead because he's a, he's a brilliant actor, and now everyone is speculating who is this mystery character, and some people hmm. are thinking, could be the Silver Surfer, maybe, Maybe oh. making a cameo. So that's just all rumor and speculation. But James did say that he's mm. already hired this guy and that a lot of actors want this role. Now, is it James Gunn doing one of his deep cuts where he likes a, a more obscure character? Mm. Or is this a legit big name character for the upcoming MCU? Because we still have a Fantastic Four to get to at some point, And I think that they might want to introduce some of the more fringe characters like Silver Surfer. Uh, mm -hmm. in, a, in a different realm and then fold them in later on to a, a later Fantastic Four story. So big, big news from James Gunn, no matter what time of day or night, even while we're recording right this second. Wow. Very cool. Thanks for sharing that. Okay. Um, okay. Now, this week in Orlando, 
is when the International Association of Amusement Parks and Attractions, they're, they're setting up their annual expo right now at the Orange County Convention Center. The event itself, that uh, conference trade show, doesn't open until November 15th through the 19th, but it was it's always interesting this time of year because they set up all of these amazing rides out in the parking lot of the Orange County Convention Center, and all of these people drive up to the convention center is like, oh, I want to go to the fair. And it's like, no, no, I'm sorry. This isn't a fair. This is a trade show. And unless you have the, the proper credential, you can't get in. Typically, the week of IAPA, some sort of theme park news leaks out. And in this case, theme park news leaked out today. And this was the blueprints for Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. We now have all sorts of info about how this new Epcot thrill ride, which is supposed to open in, in 2022, by the way, will operate. The Universe of Energy building is going to serve as the launch facility for the storytelling coaster. And then once inside, that show building located right next door, uh, that's where guests will supposedly travel across the galaxy with the crew of the Milano by jumping out of wormholes. Codename for this project at WDI was Sausalito because... Milano and Sausalito are both varieties of cookies that Petrich Farm sells. So, <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Very clever. I have to give credit here to WDWNT. They broke the story. That said, I do kind of feel bad for the themed entertainment professional who had these blueprints in his uncrypted online portfolio. That's where they got grabbed out of and... That's kind of not cool to do. So I'm, I'm kind of of two minds here. I feel bad for the guy who, who now is probably getting stomped by Disney Legal, but at least now we have more information about that attraction, which again opens in 2022. And speaking of, of opening in 2022, of course, Black Panther Wakanda Forever is supposed to open November 11th of next year. We're basically one full year out from that film being released now. But do you remember back in August of this year, there was there was an accident mm -hmm. on the set, set of that Ryan Coogler film? They were shooting on location in Worcester, Massachusetts. It was a stunt sequence involving some sort of car chase, and there was an accident on the set. Letitia Wright, the actress who plays Shuri, uh, T'Challa's sister, was injured in some sort of incident involving a stunt rig. At that time, it was reported that Letitia's injuries were minor. That very same day, uh, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, she was released from a hospital in central Massachusetts. And production of this sequel to 2018's Black Panther was supposed to have continued without a hitch. That story changed this week. Evidently, over the past three months, Letitia Wright has been recovering from her injuries, which evidently were more severe than initially reported. She's been back in London this entire time. And meanwhile, Ryan Coogler has been shooting around her character. Sure, getting every th scene in the canon he can that doesn't involve T'Challa's sister. And evidently at this point, Ryan's run out of Sharifree scenes to shoot. So earlier this week, Marvel announced that the production of Black Panther Wakanda Forever would be paused till Letitia Wright was ready to return to work. They stressed that, look, we're a full year out from this Marvel Studio production's release date, again, November 11, 2022. So no worries, this highly anticipated Black Panther sequel will make its previously announced release date. 
But that said, Aaron, I can't help but connect the dots here. I mean, just over the past week to 10 days, we've had that all those stories coming off of the Alec Baldwin Western set, which is sort of pushing back on the onset safety issue. And I got to wonder what actually happened in Worcester, Massachusetts overnight during that stunt scene. I'm almost reminded more of uh, the Batwoman series where Ruby Rose left because she had broken her neck. That's right. And she had also had many other claims about other people who were tragically hurt while trying to do stunt work and and whatnot. And the CW just had a, a no, we, no accidents here. We're perfectly safe. Don't mind the guy all covered in burns and whatnot. And don't mind the girl with the broken neck talking, flapping her jaw. We're totally safe around here. Shut up, girl. Go away. And I don't think Marvel's really trying to hide any nefarious activity or anything that was truly... Uh, I mean, yeah, she was hurt in a, in a stunt, so that was mm-hmm. unsafe because stunt work is risky. And the question now is, why weren't they using a stunt person if one of your lead actors has the ability to get injured in any sort of capacity? Shouldn't that just be handed off to a stunt person right then and there? Earlier this week, I was finally getting caught up on Assembled, the documentary over at Disney Plus Mm -hmm. for the making of Black Widow. And they showed a lot of footage of uh, Scarlett Johansson working with her stunt people. And yeah, you let the stunt people do 90% of the heavy lifting, but at the same time, there still have to be those moments that you need the face of the performer on camera. In fact, they, they were showing, there's that scene after the first fight with Taskmaster where Black Widow escapes by basically jumping off the bridge and then later you see her wade out of the river. Mm-hmm. And they showed first the stunt person out doing the walk out of the river and they worked it from every angle they could until it's like okay scarlet it's your turn to get in the river because we need to get the close-up and so here's scarlet johansson wading out into the cold norwegian uh, (laughs) river and you could hear her you know i love my job i love my job i love my job and getting ready to shoot the scene as she wades out of the river so sometimes there's just no getting around it. I, yeah, but you know, also they, in, in that uh, behind the scenes, they also mm-hmm. have the stunt actress riding a physical motorcycle. And then they when do. they cut to ScarJo, she's on a sled mm-hmm. that is yep. being pulled that looks like a motorcycle. And then when you get to the car chases, yeah, mm-hmm. they've got car chases and tanks going down the streets of uh, Budapest. However, when mm-hmm. they finally get to... Scarlet and her sister, Miss uh, mm-hmm. Pugh, in the vehicle. Mm-hmm. That's a, another thing on a rig be in front of a green screen so they can twist yep. it and turn it and roll it and flip it and do whatever they want mm-hmm. without injuring the actors. So they do show that the stunt people are doing the dangerous work and the stars are in the more comfortable positions. And yeah, they do some of their own wire work every once in a while. And I'm sure mm-hmm. that you can probably get tangled up in the wire every once and again, but if Letitia Wright's been out now for three months healing, how mm-hmm. badly was she hurt to begin with? It had to be a little bit more severe than just minor injuries. Man, that's like, like a broken bone or something like that that's got to heal, or a torn ligament that needs rehabilitation. So it sounds a bit more severe, 
And uh, mm-hmm. I, we hope that she's well and, and is on the mend. Yeah. But uh, again, when you've shot everything in the movie except for the one character, it's like, poor girl, what, what did happen there? Really? Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully we'll know more this time next year when Black Panther Wakanda Forever makes its way to theaters. Anyway, we were just talking Disney+. Plus. Disney Plus Day is later this week, uh, Friday, November 12th, second anniversary of the launch of Disney's subscription streaming service. And on that day is when Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings uh, will become available for viewing on Disney Plus. That film, along with Black Panther and 11 other MCU films, quick rundown here, Iron Man, uh, Captain America Civil War, Guardians 1 and 2. Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame, Black Widow, Doctor Strange, Thor Ragnarok, Captain Marvel, and Ant-Man and the Wasp. Those are going to be available for viewing in Disney Plus's IMAX Expanded Aspect Ratio, which I guess you have to select as you're getting ready to watch the film, which will offer 26% more picture in select sequences. That's almost a whole new movie when you add all those uh, all those movies together. Thirteen times twenty six percent. That's like three extra Marvel <laughs> movies right there that you've never seen before. Uh, granted, it's only the very edges of the top and the bottom of that movie mm-hmm. that you're seeing, but still, that's a lot of new content there. Someone at Disney Plus is very happy to hear you say that, Aaron. <laughs> Speaking of twenty six percent, I am now going to predict that Aaron is going to be twenty six percent more aggravated. And when we discuss the poster that Sony and Columbia Pictures released just this week for Spider-Man No Way Home. I'll start off by saying they're hiding something in plain sight. (laughs) And the only reason I'm going to say that so matter-of-factly is if I know something, because I don't. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows I don't. I just make stuff up as I go along. But really, Spider-Man homecoming and spider-man far from home if you look at those pictures what you have are 32 floating heads in a circular format with a spider head in the middle uh you usually had like iron man tony stark's head floating in there as well as an iron man suit of armor in there you had spider-man you had aunt may you had happy hogan you had mj you had ned you had the enemies that he fights in these movies they're floating heads somewhere in there and now we get this poster and it's spider-man front and center with mm-hmm. some tentacles an itty bitty green goblin way off in the distance like they're trying to hide that and uh mm-hmm. then they've got some sand and some electricity and you know if they were going to be doing a regular movie poster like they've been doing in the past there should be 36 floating heads like the baskin robbins of villains and heroes all on one big silly poster and they're not doing that so they are definitely hiding something as i understand it if you look in the lower right hand corner and again you have to look really closely folks you can see the gunmen hiding behind the fence on the grassy knoll. I'll do you one better. They have actually said that there's evidence of Tobey Maguire being in that poster. If oh, you look j- to the, just to the lower right of where it says Spider-Man, it's actually the trademark symbol. But the TM, they say, really stands for Tobey Maguire. Kill me now. Okay. Again, this is a less is more poster. And we still don't have a trailer, which we were supposed to have arrive in theaters this past Friday with Marvel's The Eternals. Do you believe that this is the war between Sony wants to show Andrew and Toby in the trailer and Feige says over my dead body? And then, uh, like you said, there's someone in the grassy knoll trying to line up a clean shot on Feige so they can get those images in the trailer. Do they want to give that away if it's really going to be 
uh, 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 you know, with two other Spider-Man. I mean, we've got the villains from those movies. Why the heck not? Whenever I talk with somebody at Disney about this, this definitely has become a bone of contention. And in fact, if it were not for the fact that they, they had cut this deal to make this third film with the level of cooperation, I can't see on the other side of the way these two companies have been behaving that we're going to see much cooperation going forward. It's been a tough couple of months here. And all the stuff that's been leaking, quote-unquote leaking, a lot of it, so much of it is totally fake. Very, very incredibly fake, 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 fake. But then Mm -hmm. again, there's a couple images that look very, very, very convincing. And uh, Mm -hmm. there was even one about uh, the... We had uh, Happy Hogan, Aunt May, and our Tom Holland version of Peter Parker sitting at a table with Matt Murdock. And boy, if only, if only. I'd be thrilled to see Matt Murdock show up in this movie. Don't know if he is or not. That could have been a very, very fake photo that just convinced me for a quick second. But uh, yeah, I would be happy to see a Daredevil and Spider-Man team up, even if it's just in a a 30-second courtroom scene. But yeah, they've had... Many pictures of Toby's costume and Andrew's costume hanging right alongside Tom Holland's costume. And it's like, wow, that that shot right there looks pretty convincing because it wasn't the the very fake photoshopped head on a suit. These are three suits that were hung up on hangers side by side that looked legitimately like someone at the studio was comparing the three suits side by side. And when you put it like that, I believe that shot more than I do many of the fake Toby and Andrew photos that have been floating around the internet, but still, every day since we've done our show last week, I've been saying that Toby and Andrew and Spider-Man have been trending every stinking day on Twitter for no reason outside of the rumor mill. There's not real information coming out, it's just the stupid rumor mill keeps on cranking out the same old garbage, but even today they're still trending as if something is happening, and so eh, we'll we'll see. I won't be surprised one way or the other. If it happens, I won't be surprised. If it doesn't happen, I won't be surprised. Um, I am just curious to see, what is this monstrosity truly going to be in the end? I want to know what the real movie is and end the speculation. I'm just so tired of the speculation right now. Just show me the movie, and let's all talk about it on the flip side of that. Well, we're five weeks out at this point, yeah. so hang in there. Now, speaking of movies, though, last night I made a special trip to my local cinema so I could catch the Eternals. So after this break, folks, Aaron and I are going to talk Eternals with some spoilers involved, so we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm assuming that you saw the story in Variety today 
with this headline that Eternals didn't dazzle at the box office, but Marvel shouldn't be worried. And that story came on the heels of a Hollywood Reporter story, which had this headline, Why Eternals is Dividing Audiences. So, so you have to assume Marvel's Eternals must have bombed at the box office this past weekend with headlines like that, right? No, not at all. Okay, good. See, you're intelligent. I've already seen the headlines where it was banned in the Middle East because of diversity, which yeah. means they included homosexuals and, well, heaven forbid. So can't have mm-hmm. that in our nice, clean neighborhood. So I have a feeling that if you've got a problem with diversity or people of different sexuality, well, you're just going to hate because that's how you roll. So uh, half of what I'm going to be seeing as far as reviews, I, I have to discount as... People just have a bone to pick about something they're not pleased about, and it doesn't have very much to do with the actual movie. Well, I mean, you're not wrong. Again, the diversity issue, yeah, that's going to make it a little challenging at the worldwide box office because Disney has dug in its heels. It's normally if a film is headed into a territory where you know a same-sex kiss or that sort of thing would be cause for concern, Disney will, okay, we'll edit that out. And they're not doing that with the Eternals. So there's at least four international territories where Eternals is not going to be shown. And China remains a big question mark right now, but that's China being China. I would just think by the statement of there being a lot of diversity should help it overseas because Lord knows we've got way too many white dudes as superheroes. So the Mm -hmm. fact that we've got women taking center stage, that we've got an Indian person, that we've got a black person, that we have a homosexual relationship in here. It's it's like you got something for everybody. It's a wonderful stew of diversity. Why can't people get on board with that? Otherwise, we're going to be just stuck with white dudes with goatees being snarky for the rest of our lives. And that's not good. This is true. According to the box office mojo, this movie sold 71.2 million worth of tickets in North America, which is good enough to qualify for the fourth best opening for all of 2021 to date. Now, mind you, again, this is still a year when we're recovering from a pandemic, but it's interesting that the top four at the box office this year were all Marvel movies. In fact, the top grocer over its opening weekend was Venom Let There Be Carnage. It sold $90 million worth of tickets. And right behind that was Black Widow with 80 million, followed by Shang-Chi, 75 million. And then, you know, here comes the Eternals at 71. And the, the film, interestingly enough, right behind that is yet another franchise. It was F9 out of the Fast Saga. And that just did 70 million. And you mentioned overseas. If you fold in how uh, Eternals did 90.7 million overseas for a combined worldwide box of 61. $161.7 million in ticket sales. So why are all the trades publishing stories like this, which are suggesting that Kevin Feige's job is hanging by a thread? And this is Rotten Tomatoes. Just last week, Aaron, you and I were talking about how this Chloe Zhao film had a 56% freshness rating. Well, it's, it's dropped to a 47% freshness rating. But again, that's only based on what the critics wrote about this film. If, on the other hand, you look at the audience score, Eternals had an 80% audience score. Now, mind you, that's not nearly as high as, say, what Shang-Chi got. That had an audience score of 98. Spider-Man Far From Home got a 95. Black Widow got a 91. 
But Eternals is right in the wheelhouse of what Venom and let the original Venom from 2018 and Let There Be Carnage got. The first Venom got an 81% audience score. Let There Be Connors got an 84. And you were just talking about how you watched the latest Bond at home, right? On yeah. No Time to Die? Yeah. That's the exact same audience score that Bond got. And again, No Time to Die has gotten the best reviews of a Bond film in 10 years. Mm-hmm. But it's, if you go for it by the audience score, it's 84. The exact same level that Venom Let There Be Carnage got. Uh, by the way, what, what did you think of, of No Time to Die? I enjoyed it greatly. I, it was uh, another long movie, and mm-hmm. there were times where it was getting towards the last three quarters, and I went, well, surely there's got to... We got to be getting towards the end very, very soon, and then it was like another half hour, 45 minutes before the movie finally got to its end, and it wasn't that I was getting tired of the movie. I was just aware of how long it was in the moment. Even despite the length of the film, I enjoyed it greatly. It almost seemed like they cut it short, not cut it short, but it moved very, very briskly. Like they needed things to get from point A to point C, and they didn't quite skip over B, but while they were flying over, they go, This is your captain. If you'll check out the left side of your window, we are flying over B, and we are now coming in for landing at C. Thank you for flying Bond Airways. It's so interesting you, you use that word, that no time to die was long. Because again, sitting in the theater last night with four other seatmates, so to speak, you were very aware of all two hours and 37 minutes of Eternals. In fact, this film was long and pretty, which is a very nice compliment if you're talking about somebody's hair, but maybe not what you want to say about your $200 million superhero movie. It looked great. It looked absolutely amazing. And you went to Mesopotamia. You went to the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. You went to London. I mean, this film literally did travel the globe. But this film has 16 characters. And that's totally disregarding the four additional characters. You you mentioned on a previous show about Harry Styles, Star Fox, and the brother of Thanos. On the other hand, I was delighted to find out that Patton Oswald is, is voicing Pip the Troll. Yeah. And you were mentioning that you'd heard about who makes at least a vocal appearance in the very last scene of this movie. Right. So we get the setup with uh, Kit Harrington coming in and there's a sword. Mm-hmm. And did you know when you were sitting in the theater that that was the Black Knight coming in? I did not. Okay. I don't think a lot of people are going to be aware of that. And so the Mm -hmm. fact that this guy comes in and there's a sword that's talking to him for crying out loud, Mm -hmm. a talking sword. And then a voice asks him from off screen if he's sure if he really wants to pick that sword up. Now, since I was only reading an article, I had the benefit of hearing that that was the voice of Mahershala Ali, who will end up playing Blade in the very near future. But when you were in the theater... Did you have any awareness that that was Blade talking to the Black Knight? I did not. But again, the, the only reason I knew that was, again, same thing. I, I think I read the same article where Chloe Zhao, the director, was talking about how thrilled she was that 
you know, had agreed to come on, you know, to, to yeah, avoid how thrilled that she was, but wouldn't it be great if you could be thrilled with her? Because a lot of people just don't know who these two cats are on screen or why they're important or what they should be excited for. And I think if they would have mm-hmm. shown Mahershala Ali in his blade gear, I think people would go, Ooh, now that's something and gotten really mm. excited along with Chloe. But right now it's just Chloe by herself going, I think it's really neat. And a lot of mainstream, viewing audience is going to go, uh, I have no idea what that means or why it's supposed to be cool. And I don't care because it, it didn't grab me because I don't know what it is. It's it's trying to tell me. It's like a Rosetta stone. You got to mm-hmm. be able to know what the heck it is you're looking at before you can be impressed by it. And if you're completely lost, well, it's, go, it's an inside joke going over your head and those are completely pointless. Given that the Eternals basically tells a story that happens over the course of 7,000 years. And Shang-Chi, we met Shang-Chi, we met his best friend Katie, but we also got cameo appearances by Marvel characters we'd previously met, like, you know, the, the Sorcerer Wong from Doctor Strange, Carol Danvers from Captain Marvel, Bruce Banner, and even Trevor Slattery from Iron Man 3. And and yes, in Eternals, we get it. We get a name check on Tony Stark and Doctor Strange. And I think we talked on the last show about Superman and Batman. And Kringo also at dinner, I, I, there was this throwaway line about a member of the Avengers who used to want to be his friend, but now won't return his calls. And I missed whoever it was that Kringo was referring to. So if anybody, you know, who who saw the Eternals got that gag and they want to share it, please pass it along. It was probably Party Thor from the What If series. He's like, he's just a jerk. He's just a frat boy. Delta Cubes, Delta Cubes, Delta Cubes. From community. <laughs> so, you, now, you mentioned just a minute ago that it told a story. Mm-hmm. I've seen already that they're writing a, an Eternals 2 and that the movie ended with somewhat of a cliffhanger. When you were in the theater, do you felt that you got a full, complete story or did it leave you hanging with a, a, what happened at the end? We got to wait two years to find out. Was it a, one full story or was it Dune Part 1 and we got to wait a few years for Dune Part 2 to finish off the telling of this one tale. How do you feel about that? Was it complete or is there more coming that you need to fill in? I'm still trying to kind of wrap my head around the Eternals because in a lot of ways it it was a departure from the MCU stuff we've seen previously. And at the same time, there were these moments where the Eternals are, are battling amongst themselves because the Earth is basically an incubator for these godlike creatures. I think that's a really cool idea. It is. It is. I, I don't want to get off track. I'm going to let you go. But I think it would just be the coolest thing in the world if Galactus came to have eggs and the Earth was an egg. Like, I want an omelet. Go get me an Earth. I hear there's a thing hatching inside of it. Anyway, go ahead. I'm just, I'm fantasizing. Well, no, 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 no. no, no. Future, in fact, that's ahead. actually... Now, what is the name of the, the, the character that David Kay voices? The Celestial Arishim? Because, again, the visuals they were using for him were very, very, very reminiscent of Galactus. One of the, th- the get-out-of-jail-free cards here is like, okay, if what we get eventually because of the Eternals is that we get the Galactus and Fantastic Four, it's like, I, I will forgive a, a great variety of sins here, but... Mm-hmm. There's a moment where you have this being born immortal coming out of the Earth's crust. You get five fingers of one hand and just a a chunk of his head. And it's it's coming out of the East Indian Ocean. And I want to say Cersei is is able to stop it. Mm. 
this giant figure freezes in place out in the ocean. This is huge. I mean, this is something on a planetary scale here that just pauses. And it's like, nobody saw this in a satellite. Nobody thought to scramble a Quinjet to go check this out. I was kind of the moment I was waiting for even a single Avenger or... Someone grab a pager and get Captain Marvel on this pronto, (laughs) right? (sighs) (laughs) So wait a minute, is is this thing still frozen at the end of the movie? Like, is this going to be a a landmark, so to speak, like its own little Mount Rushmore of a single head floating in an ocean in the future? There is literally a scene where they have returned to Ajax's farmhouse out in the Dakotas and everyone's sitting in her farmhouse watching the television coverage of giant hand and head come out of ocean you know, <laughs> you know and it's just sort of like it's okay. cool as hell man i mean normally they try and keep it in the real world right to make mm-hmm. us feel like we're there but yep. they don't actually really leave a scar on the planet in such a way that y- you can't mistake it anymore for something mm-hmm. else i mean this is really impressive as far as the bravery of the storytellers mm-hmm. of like yeah let's just let a giant humanoid two-arm two-legged head thing that's you know miles and miles and miles tall just be locked in a position there at the end of the movie that's that's pretty cool it does suggest going forward that as we get into phase four and phase five let's face it you know if you're a kevin feige and you're looking to top an infinity war and an end game you have to jump your scale. So <laughs> this is this is jumping your scale. And also, let, let's be honest here. If, if we look ahead to Spider-Man No Way Home, which arrives in theaters December 17th, and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which shows up May 6th of next year, and of course, Thor, Love and Thunder, those are going to feature all sorts of cameo appearances of Marvel superheroes, which should make up for Eternals having virtually none. But I would be disappointed if they don't reference the giant humanoid thing just kind of frozen in the planet. Like, if it's almost the same way that when we were watching the Daredevil and the Jessica Jones series on Netflix, and they barely Mm -hmm. even mention, oh yeah, that big battle in New York. You know, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, come on, there it was more than that. Or the snap, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, the event, you know, and then they just kind of gloss over it and then never return to that as a storytelling point. Like Spider-Man should start off with him, with Tom Holland turning on the TV going, what the hell? There's a giant thing in the Indian Ocean. And then they get to Doctor Strange's movie and Doctor Strange is like, by the way, do you see the giant thing in the Indian Ocean? That's not for nothing. That's a weird thing. We should talk about that for just a quick second. I, I would hate for him to gloss over it in the next three movies and just pretend it didn't happen because it wasn't part of this person's main story arc. I agree. I agree. Now, uh, again, if you hung in there for the the end credit scene, you know that this movie ended with a line that the Eternals will return. And Disney certainly seems to be thinking along those lines. They want to keep these characters front of mind. So just this past weekend, we had Cersei, Kingo, and Phantos show up as walk-around characters at Disney California Adventure with the Avengers campus. And you got to give them credit between all of the versions of Loki that they did when that limited series was going on and likewise the Cap zombie. They really are are making an effort to keep the characters that are on display in, in Avengers Campus and Anaheim current. Likewise, if you go to your local McDonald's this week, they're making an effort to make sure that you can connect with all of these characters that have just been introduced in the Eternals. They are offering 10 action figures. So you, you can sit at home and educate yourself as to who's what and who to expect in 
Eternals 2. Though literally just tonight in The Hollywood Reporter, there's a story with this headline, Eternals writers wish for a Disney Plus prequel. This is an interview with Ryan and Kaz Fairpro. They wrote the screenplay for, obviously, the original Eternals. And, you know, they were talking about the challenges that were baked into the story and how you tell a tale like this over 7,000 years. But what's nice about them putting this idea out there about a Disney Plus prequel is this now answers the question that was attached to the story that, that also bubbled up today in the trades, where Eternal Selma Hayek revealed that she had been signed for multiple MCU movies. If you've actually seen The Eternals, you know that her character didn't necessarily make it through this movie. So it's like one of these things where she's doing an interview with the uh, Celebrity Talk podcast and mentions that, yeah, I did, in fact, sign a multiple movies deal. That's what's kind of fun of being part of the Marvel Universe, this secret society that you have to protect so fearlessly. So going forward here, okay, we've done the the Eternals movie and a lot of the battles with the Deviants were great fun and there were moments of humor. Uh, this was more of a, a melancholy feel than I, I think we associate with a lot of Marvel movies. It, it was a slower paced, more thoughtful. And I guess going forward, if we're going to do an a second Eternals movie and get Jack Kirby's characters back out there. I'd like it to be a, a little more exciting a, with a little more humor and maybe fold in some, some Marvel characters that we previously met. Well, 16 characters are hard to keep track of if, especially yeah. if you've never met them before. So it's mm -hmm. like, okay, what, what, who's that guy? What did, where is he from? What did he do? How is he tied into this again? And so I, I can imagine, without having seen the movie yet, that I would already have trouble just knowing that there's 16 characters coming the next two and a half hours that I got to keep track of. And so, yeah, there's there's going to be part of that. But I think that the the writers, you know, if they're going to start, hey, it's almost Christmas. Let's talk about our Christmas wish list. I want a series on Disney Plus so I can have these 16 characters have a little breathing room is what I'd like, Mr. Feige. Uh, can you put that in my stocking, please? Does a, a Disney Plus series fit in a stocking? We're not quite certain yet, but we'll find out maybe in the next few months if they do to get a prequel, right? Well, yeah, I get it. That, that, and actually, it's interesting you, you, you mentioned Disney Plus and, and stocking because, you know, again, Hawkeye is supposed to be set entirely at Christmas. So we will see. At, at the very least, just one note to the folks who are putting together Eternals 2, please bring back Harish Patel. He plays a Karun Kingo's valet. He, he enters the movie probably a third halfway in. And then proceeds to basically steal every scene he's in. He went a long way to lightening a lot of scenes that featured a lot of exposition. So he was great fun. So more Karun, please. But anyway, I guess that's going to do it for this week then. Aaron, you're constantly paying attention to, you know, James Gunn's social media. Uh, where can folks find you on social media? 
Well, I know last time it was kind of tricky because you had to find a rotary phone, so I've cut all of the middleman, and I've made it much easier. First, go to Google and look up Bing. Once you get to Bing, look up Yahoo Answers, and then ask them, what happened to Ask Jeeves? And once you figure out what happened to Ask Jeeves, have them direct you to MySpace. Once you get to MySpace, head on over to Twitter and hit me up at Azaprod and say, this is what happened to all those technologies that went away. By the way, since we're talking about James Gunn, because I know we were talking about Chris Pratt on the last episode being cast in everything, he mm-hmm. almost was not Star-Lord because uh, it almost went to Glenn Howerton, who uh, is on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I saw that. I he saw... was the second choice, and now that I've heard that, I'm so wanting uh, everyone screams, give us the Snyder cut. I want the, give us the Howerton cut of Guardians of the Galaxy. No offense to Chris Pratt. He did a fine job, but I would love an alternate universe. If we're going to open up the damn multiverse, give mm-hmm. us the Guardians of the Galaxy where Glenn Howerton is Star-Lord, and I would uh, pee myself with giddiness. That just sounds too cool. But anyway, yeah, uh, go on Twitter, follow James Gunn, and eventually you'll bump into me because I stalk him, and I have him tagged with a, a tracer. So that's how you'll find <laughs> okay. me. Just find James okay. Gunn. I'm, I'm not far behind. All right. Well, well, Nancy would like me to remind you folks that you can find us on Twitter and Instagram as Jim Hill Media, and over on Facebook as Jim Hill Media News. And I'm sure this time next week, Aaron and I will have even more Marvel news to share. So uh, please check in then, and thanks for listening. <laughs>